Hey everybody, thanks for being here. Uh, give me a second, I'm putting the background music uh, information here as a comment so you can find it. Uh, welcome. So uh, I, I just had kind of the intuitive hit to come on this morning, say hello, kind of share the Saturday morning with you and see what kind of channeled messages come through. So uh, it's very unplanned, it wasn't scheduled. Um, I'm curious to see how any of you watching, anybody that joins, how you're feeling. Uh, I'm kind of interested in getting a little more of a dialogue, what you're feeling the last couple of days. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of days, a lot of energy yesterday specifically. Uh, the last couple of days, it's been very intense. Uh, specifically the world, you can, you can tell that the world's getting more chaotic almost on a daily basis. And this is uh, becoming more prevalent, more apparent as we in America get closer to our political season. Right. And so it's one of the reasons I felt compelled to come on here is uh, not to talk specifically about any one political side or the other, but to try to kind of point out the energy we're going to be moving into, walking into as we get closer to this election season, because there's a lot of pitfalls attached to how we interact with uh, people that we view on the opposite side that can cause us to go backwards, spiral in a certain way. Right. And I was I was this was brought to my attention through a post that I made yesterday. Some of you might have seen it. Um, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of political commentary, uh, a lot of drama surrounding uh, the indictments with Donald Trump, right? And regardless of how you feel about those, that's not necessarily why I'm on here uh, to argue for one side or the other. I wanted to point out the passion and starting to be inspired inside of people, regardless of what political end of the spectrum you sit on. Thank you, everybody that's watching right now, uh, because it's going to become more dangerous as we move forward. What I mean by that, not dangerous necessarily in the external sense, but it's going to be dangerous for you uh, as an individual trying to be honest, truthful, and uh, to, to, to walk in the highest version of yourself. Uh, it's very easy. One of the easiest pitfalls is when we get into this kind of political mindset. Uh, we start to compete with each other. We play a game of chess of sorts uh, in which we automatically label the other side an other, right? And uh, this causes us, this is dangerous because it can lead us all the way down to dehumanizing the other side and allowing our minds to go to places that we sh should never have been possible before, that dehumanization, right? And so... Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I made a post in, in yesterday, like I was saying, it was a, a post regarding the the, uh, the Trump indictments in the picture. And one of the things that I, I found really jarring about uh, what happened yesterday um, was seeing kind of the response. And now this is all dictated based on the algorithm, you know, what you view, those kind of things, right? But from what I could tell, there was a huge outpouring of support that I wasn't expecting, uh, specifically from the black community, um, that really surprised me. Uh, and I could tell that that in that at the same time that outpouring of support um, sparked a certain type of resentment and anger. Uh, when I made the post, uh, just kind of trying to identify what I was seeing here, right? Trying to say, hey, there's something going on here. Uh, what I got back, the only comments I got back were extremely kind of aggressive. Uh, and almost attacking, some of them very attacking, right? Uh, and this was kind of eye-opening to me because again, my intention was not necessarily to uh, argue for one side or the other. It's trying to point out the truth in people's feeling, right? That passion that they feel. When you, you see large groups of people it, through an excited kind of energy uh, deciding something, there's something true about that, regardless of how you feel, right? And we need to recognize that, that whatever's going on uh, inside the black community right now in regards to Donald Trump, Trump and their support for him, there's some truth in the way they're feeling. We need to recognize that, 
right? So we can understand why this is happening. I do believe there's a lot, it's very hard to talk about politics in any to any degree because you'll start to uh, place yourself on one side or the other, depending on how you talk about these topics. But we also need to uh, not allow ourselves to control what we feel because of that feeling, right? It's very easy to censor yourself, to self-censor. This is another thing I recognized yesterday. Um, through a certain type of frustration, I had a frustrating outburst where I was kind of railing against things, uh, talking to my mom on the phone. And uh, it was a very odd <laughs> experience because after I hung up the phone, I had this weird feeling of like, somebody could be listening to what you're saying, right? And this this was very odd because I, I, I never had this feeling before, right? But it, I had this feeling of watch what you say even when you're just talking to somebody on the phone. And that was like, what? And I kind of recognized in the moment the, the outburst I was having, the, the way I was venting, the things I were saying, obviously were not things I wanted to keep inside. Those were things I, re I was releasing. But the fact that I felt like I needed to censor that venting uh, because there's a possibility that I could be listened to, right? Was something that the fact that I even thought that or got afraid of that made me realize how far we've come as a society, how much has changed as a society. As a matter of fact, I called my mom back later in the day to kind of uh, explain this to her. And she said the exact same thing. She said when she got off the phone, the first thing she said was she was, you know, she thought, she thought about the same thing, about whether somebody could listen to your conversation. And the fact that I think a lot of us are starting to feel this way, you know, or at least having that kind of impulse inside is representative of the type of control that's being very uh, covertly disseminated throughout society. Uh, slowly over these last couple of years, we've been compelled through a very moral message to not allow certain thoughts or certain opinions to be voiced. If they are, they're attacked very viciously. Right, and so it's a, this a certain type of zealotry I started to notice uh, in terms of political power that's being exercised uh, by genuinely whoever's in political power. It just happens to be the Democrats at this moment. That doesn't mean that I uh, I want to compare or equate the Republican and Democratic Party. I do think there's a difference in what's going on in the Democratic side of things right now relative to the Republican side of things. That's not always been the case, but I do believe that there's a certain uh, rot that's happening and you can see this very clearly in society and in the political discourse uh, inside of the, 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 the Democratic Party. And it's, it's trying to uh, pretend like these problems don't exist, uh, but they're becoming more apparent, uh, specifically in the way that the ideology has affected its followers. It has produced zealots in a certain type of way, right? And this is a this is a very interesting message. Again, it's probably not going to be very popular, <laughs> but that's okay because this is my truth, right? Um, there's a certain type of zealotry that you'll notice uh, being produced has been before on the Republican side, on the conservative side. But right now, uh, because of, I think, all of the lack of truth that's been disseminated, specifically around the the fear of Donald Trump, everything that happened in the Donald Trump presidency, it inspired a cer certain type of psychotic break inside of a lot of people, something that I started to feel myself uh, because I was liberal when uh, I was on that side of the spectrum when this happened. I remember uh, when Donald Trump was elected, I voted for Hillary Clinton in the first election, right? And one of the things I noticed um, 
was I was so angry when he was elected, right? I was so dissatisfied and 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 so ready to kind of mobilize uh, against the Trump campaign and this new presidency because I thought it was a farce. And I believed all of the different stories that were being fed to me, specifically the ones about him colluding with Russia and the, he being a, a criminal in these different ways. And, and so I could tell that as I was recognizing all of these things, I was getting more angry inside and more unbalanced, right? And I studied politics. This is the field I wanted to work in, right? And so I, I, I had to be very honest with myself. This was about, I'd say, right after Trump got elected, 2016, somewhere around there, uh, right around when I went to D.C. to work, that I told myself I'm not going to, I'm going to judge this man fairly. Why? Not because I necessarily wanted to at the time, but because I saw it as a necessity, uh, because the type of opinion that I was forming inside was so negative and it was dangerous. It was, it was a, there was a motivation in it that could cause me to do very bad things. Uh, this is a motivation I'm seeing inside of a lot of other people right now because of the way this figure has been villainized and weaponized as a, as a political tool right? Uh, anger against a certain individual is a way you can mobilize entire groups of people. And that's what's happened uh, over the last three or four years. And so much so that we've developed an entire syndrome based on it, this Trump derangement syndrome, right? You see entire huge figures, figures like Sam Harris, right? Almost completely delegitimizing themselves purely based on their irrational view of this figure, this kind of derangement syndrome. This is a pro, these are very brilliant people. Sam Harris is a brilliant individual and if he can be fall prey to this, we all can, right? This is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, I told myself that I wasn't gonna allow that kind of anger to build irrationally. So what does that mean? I said, if he does something, if he says what he's, if he does what he's gonna do, if I, if my life gets better, I'm gonna judge this fairly. How does my life get affected by him in the presidency, right? How do, how, how does he act? Judge him fairly, not based on what people are saying, but what you actually feel when you watch. And what I noticed is as I started to do that slowly over time, that anger started to go away and it was replaced with a certain type of confusion over why I had been so angry. Started to ask questions, where did this come from? And that's when it all started to unravel, for me at least. Now I'm on a very different side of the political spectrum. I don't like to say I'm on one side or the other. I've cultivated, or at least I'd like to say I've cultivated that kind of objectivity where I try to at least judge the individual based on the way they're affecting my life, which is how I've tried to judge um, President Biden as well. And I think many people uh, across the country, when judged on those grounds, have had a worse time, a harder time. As a matter of fact, uh, some people have lost their means uh, to maintain their lifestyle through it, throughout that time, many people have. And that tells me that there's something untrue going on in the presidency. In the exact same way that people were saying Donald Trump was untrue and a liar, uh, the proof's in the pudding, right? And this is a message coming through really powerfully, right? Again, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm trying to point out what's gen where the truth is in the modern in modern day, because everybody's trying to pretend like they're being honest but they're not, right? You have to feel what you believe. 
What do you feel is true? That's why I made that post about the black community uh, yesterday responding to Donald Trump, a large part of the black community. It's not a monolith. I'm not trying to speak for that community. I'm not a part of it myself. I'm trying to point out what I'm witnessing from the outside. And it seems like there's a certain type of recognition, similar to what I was just saying, where people are trying to judge who should be in the presidency and who should lead them politically based on how they feel, how their lives are being affected. And when you uh, take specifically the scenario with Donald Trump being locked up, there's a lot of Americans, regardless of your race, that feel that they have been taken advantage of by the political system and the government in some way in which they have been locked up, similar to the way that Donald Trump is being locked up uh, for things that are untrue, right? And this, I think, resonates with a lot of people throughout the world, but specifically the black community because of the way it's been victimized in, in this system, right? So th that, that misinterpretation and misunderstanding of why this outcrying is coming is one, of the, is one of the ways you can see that there is a certain perspective that is blinded right now to the truth. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're wrong for being on that side of the political spectrum, right? Or having that view, I've been there myself. I understand these views, right? Uh, that's where I fundamentally root myself from is a cl classical liberal conception of, of how the individual should operate, right? We should base ourselves off of, from the individual first, right? What do you believe? What do you experience? What do you feel? Express that truthfully and honestly. If you can figure that out, everything else gets better. I promise you. That is not what we're seeing from the liberal side of our political spectrum. Genuinely, that's, that is the classical liberal conception. The individual is the foundation of reality, of experience. So you should base everything off of the individual's perspective, hence the idea of democracy, a single vote. Everybody's perspective is important inherently because that's where everything starts from, right? So it's important to encourage all types of speech, regardless of the type of speech, you know, freedom of speech. When you see these messages being convoluted, you know, the liberal side of things trying to control speech, you understand that they're unmoored from their foundation. This is not the foundation that they came from, right? It's not the foundation that is used to pull people to them politically, that compassionate side, that side that says everybody has the right to speak. Right, everybody has that not only the right to speak, but that every everybody's perp perspective is valuable, regardless of if it isn't the same as mine. Right, you have a right to say it, and what I'm seeing is people like the reason I used the term zealotry earlier, starting to weaponize their voice to shout down others, right, to try to humiliate what people when people are speaking honestly, when they're trying to say what they're seeing. What you get is attacked, right? What you get is is these this 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 band, this army of sorts coming alive and starting to shout you down. That is anti-liberal by definition. It's fascist by definition. If we go by the true definition, not the one that was changed over the last twenty or thirty years, fascism is that kind of control. It is that kind of I know what's right for you. I don't need to hear your perspective. And I'm, I ask you right now, honestly, where do you feel that coming from in our society? Where? The message that I got it figured out, we know who the bad guy is, they're right there. Here's the way that we make the world a better place. Get on board or get the fuck out. Where's that message coming from, right? That's confounding 
coming from, you know, at least from what I can identify, the political side of the spectrum that bases itself on compassion, right? I do believe that the fascist parts of our society, the human beings that have the fascist leanings have recognized it's no longer popular to describe yourself as such, never was. Hitler gave it a pretty bad name so that now it's necessary to disguise yourself behind what we all perceive as compassionate so that what you see happening right now is the true fascists are hiding behind the liberal message. And that's terrifying. And it's hard to say that out loud because I know by saying that I am inducing that zealotry. There will be people that that pushes to a point where they want to attack me for saying it. But I would ask you if you do feel that way right now to go and look up the definition of what you say you believe, liberalism, and to actually apply those principles. I'm allowed to say that. Not only am I allowed to say that, I'm supposed to say it because that's what I see. What do you actually see? Not what you're told to see, what do you actually see? That's the bullshit about this, real, this world that we're in right now. Most people only say what other people see, which is why it's a fucking matrix. We make the matrix. It's not some video game we're tapped into that you have to have some scientist have some weird kind of out of body experience to try to explain where God is through some simulation. It's not that. We create the fucking matrix through every lie you tell. Every time you say something that isn't actually what you see, that creates a maze of sorts that you have to navigate. Not only you, but everybody else that agrees or accepts what you just said, they have to navigate that maze with you, right? And that becomes a really big fucking maze when the person with the most political power is the one creating it. It's dangerous, right? You don't say who you actually are, what your actual motives are, or what you're doing, what your intent is for being there. That's why war happens. We, we're starting to attach these ideas. Wars are not fought over principles. Wars are fought over money and land and greed and ego. Always. Look throughout history. It's always a pissing match. Who can control more land until they can't anymore? It's ego at the grandest scale. Absolutely, Heidi. Apologies for all the energy coming through, uh, how aggressive it is. Um, I guess not, I'm not apologizing for it, but uh, if it is hitting anybody funny re relative to the messages I usually bring, um, just know that that's because this energy, this is the energy we're moving into. Uh, you're gonna start to feel this kind of anxiety, the same anxiety you feel every election cycle. It's gonna get very, very potent this time because people are waking up. People are starting to see what I'm saying and they're starting to say it. Right. This is a very revolutionary time period. Uh, if any of you are following the Republican primary debates, you might have heard of Vivek. Uh, I forgot his last name, but he's become very popular uh, specifically because of this truth in the way he speaks. Uh, you may not agree with what he says, but I can tell you if you watch Vivek speak, you can tell that he is not lying. He's telling you exactly what he feels, what he believes. You know, you don't get that feeling from Mike Pence. You don't get that feeling from Chris Christie or Nikki Haley, even. There's one person you get that from, Vivek. 
There's also one other person I think you get that from right now, if you're honest with yourself, and I think it's Trump. You have to be honest retrospectively, especially if you're like me and you started on the opposite end of the spectrum. This is not an easy recognition to have because you have to recognize all of the ways in which you villainized somebody, made them a demon in your head and attacked them, trying to blame everything, all of the world's problems on a single person. Uh, you can see this exemplified in the indictments, in the continual impeachments, in the hatred, in the literal beheadings by celebrities on TV, the nastiness that's come out towards this individual as he was elected and came into, into political power, right? If you think that is the correct side of things, your eyes are closed, right? It's a viciousness that I've never seen before. That's exactly the viciousness that as I started seeing happen, as I started seeing what's her fucking name cutting off a figure's head of, of Donald Trump on national television, I recognized, I don't think I wanna be on that same side. Kathy Griffin, I think was who did it. Kathy Griffin, that's fucking disgusting. That is the, the devil coming alive while you try to raise yourself on a pedestal saying that you're trying to protect the world. Yeah, I know that smell. I don't want any part of it. And I hope anybody watching, is, is if you're having that same feeling, know that you can say that. You can stand up to that. This is what these apps are for. They're not to be abused in the way that that they've been abused up until this point, you know, simply just to consume pointless information. This is why they came to being when they did, to spread honesty and truth. When that system that I'm talking about, that fascist thing is trying to clamp down on you. This is the only venue that we have where we can still speak and say what we're actually seeing. So use that. And I promise you, as you do that, you will see more people doing that. I am you, you am I. We're not disconnected. That's another thing that half of humanity needs to recognize very quickly, right? That you're not disconnected from the other side, the side that you villainize, whichever side you're on. The other side is the same thing as you, right? And if we don't figure out a way to not, the, the solution to this political problem is not winning. If, if your mind goes to my side wins, that's the end, you have tricked yourself. That's not how things work out. They never work out that way throughout history. Find me one time frame. That's a fantasy. It's the same fantasy that Karl Marx presented. It's still alive inside of the human being because it's addictive. When you study those ideas, you recognize that's what we want, right? We want this perfect utopia. We want heaven on earth. So when somebody outlines how to politically get it, how to make it, we'll latch onto it especially in a world that's telling you there's nothing else outside of you. God doesn't exist. Matter of fact, that same political side of things is the side that tends to tell you God doesn't exist. Why? Because that's what enables you to do those things, to try to change the world in that way. Otherwise, if you believed in something bigger than you, you'd recognize that's the most audacious thing you could ever attempt to do. We have to get that out of the way first. So we try to convince you there's no God. Once God's gone, who's God? You're still a believing thing. You're still a divine thing. And you'll have an emptiness inside of you once that thing's deleted. So you'll try to fill it with something else. Here you go. I got an idea for you. I've got an ideology for you. You can feel passionate again and you can save the world. Hmm. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? <laughs> and this is becoming more obvious. 
as we move forward, which is why I feel compelled to come on here and, and bring it to anybody that's open to the message. You know, I appreciate all of you. Thank you, Megan. Sorry for not being uh, involved in the, the comments as much. I'm doing that somewhat intentionally because uh, I'm trying to bring just what I'm seeing, right? Um, but I will engage with the comments here just to see how everybody's feeling. Uh, Iowa says, I, Ihoa says, no, we don't have heaven on earth. I just want life, liberty, and happiness in my life with my fam. Absolutely. And well said, well put. I agree with you. And I think that that is the goal for everyone. I do think, we're, and that's why this, we have to recognize this about the other political side, whatever side you're on. That's what they want to. That's what they want to. We've all been tricked and told there's a specific way to get it, right? You have to do it this way or that way. And that's a manipulation by powers that be. You know, it gets us as the actual populace, the real human world to fight against each other, to divide ourselves. And that's the part that I'm trying to speak and point out right now, because that isn't true. That's a fucking lie. You're not my enemy. Nobody is, you know, if you're treated and even if you're treating, uh, you know, somebody that way, if you continually do, you'll recognize it does nothing but isolate you and make you more angry and bitter which is why you see this ramping up, which is why you saw what happened to Trump get worse and worse and worse. It won't end, which is why it's terrifying, right? This is a dangerous cycle because that kind of lie when constantly recycled inside of the head, you know, you get, in, you get a thirst for wanting to have it vindicated in the real world. But if it's not true, it can't be vindicated in the real world because it's not true. So you'll try to make it true in whatever way you can, right? From what I can tell, that's a very good explanation motivationally for why you see what's happening to Donald Trump happen, not only right now with the indictments, but like I said, or the impeachments and all of the other attacks that have happened throughout, throughout his time frame as a political figure, a public figure. I am, you know, initially I believe what most people were turned off by with Donald Trump was kind of, you know, the way in which a lot of his dirty laundry was aired immediately when he became a political figure. And, you know, those things were, some of the things were things that, you know, each of us wouldn't condone, right? And so it's very confusing going from a, a system up until that point that only had, you know, very ironed out, perfect political figures presenting themselves on the political stage to see somebody that had their dirty laundry aired, right? Um, it was off-putting at first. And I think re reflexively, most of us trying to be the good people that we want to be said that's not okay, right? That's not okay to have those kind of things, those qualities and vindicated or rewarded through be, being made the, the highest office in the land. And that is justified. I, I, you know, I think everybody felt that to some degree if you're listening to yourself. The part that it went astray is when we didn't remedy or rectify, align that with the parts of ourselves that were the exact same fucking thing. You don't judge him. Judge him at your peril. Toss that fucking stone if you didn't sin. You're not different than Donald Trump. You're the same fucking thing. He's a human being too. He's made many mistakes in his life as a public figure. The only difference between him and you is his are public. You can hide yours. That's the trick. A lot of people told themselves, placed themselves on a pedestal morally saying, because you did this, I'm a better thing than you. Mm-mm. Make that assumption at your own peril. You'll demonstrate to the world in a very embarrassing way how you are no better than that thing, which is what's happening right now. It's disgusting. 
<laughs> the way the people are acting, like I said, and Kathy Griffin was a good example. That's an old one, though, right? So, it, you know, it inspired me to, to, to disalign, to disengage with that liberal movement, which was a very hard thing to do, like I said, because I was pretty entrenched. I was, I was trying to get a job. You know, I, I worked in D.C. for a nonprofit. I really intentionally wanted to be a part of this political system. One of the other things that really frustrated me as I tried to do that, uh, specifically from that side of things, is I recognized that I, I wasn't the figure they wanted. <laughs> when, I, when I tried to get into liberal politics, I recognized very quickly that I was not the image that the party wanted moving forward. Matter of fact, I was the exact opposite of the image the party wanted moving forward. I was a middle-class white man, <laughs> right? Who at the time said he was straight. I'm actually bi, but I just hadn't come out yet, right? And so there was this weird way in which I, I recognized if I'm going to continue to try to get into politics, I don't think anybody's going to want me on this side. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I genuinely felt like there was, because when you look and I, 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 like I said, as a, as a white man going through college, being taught all of the different ways in which people like me had villainized the entire world and how horrible of a thing I innately was, it didn't feel like other people that learned that, that didn't look like me, were going to want me to lead them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you see what happened in the political messaging and the elections last time, you know, all of the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that. You can tell, like, let's say that was, I was, I was on point with that. <laughs> that was not, that, that is the intention. You know, we're trying to push a very specific type of person, very shallow image of who our leaders should be. You know, it can no longer be a man, it's got to be a woman. It can no longer be a white person, it's got to be a black person. It can no longer be a black person, it's got to be this type of person. You know, it's, we're going down the list, checking all of these boxes, trying to figure out which combination of attributes, external attributes in the human being produce the best president. It's fucking stupid. It's the worst way to go about picking somebody to do a good job at something. Competence is the only thing you should base that off of, right? How well does somebody do a job? How articulate are they? Do they have the courage to say what they actually believe or they say what you tell them, right? Those qualities are the qualities I would base my president off of, and I think most people would. Those are not the qualities that you see being ran. That's why you, that's how you get a president like President Biden. Kind of a, a certain type of disgrace, embarrassment. And I say that with respect as much as I can for the office itself. That's why I say it, right? Because that office does have a certain type of historical precedent to it and the type of individual, uh, the principled nature that individual embodied who held that office. P people like JFK sat in that same fucking chair. People who died for what they believed in were murdered on a global stage by his own government, right? To have that man sitting in the same place as who I just described doesn't make any sense to me, especially when we're starting to figure out all of the different ways we've been lied to, right? I'm not trying to say that all these presidents that came before uh, Biden or Trump were perfect people. They absolutely were not. That's the point. They knew that from what I can tell, and most of them had a principled nature about which they went about being president. That 
enabled them to act justly or rightly based on what they actually believed. Arrakis, please don't attack anybody in the comments. This is what I'm talking about. And you don't have to be aggressive to somebody because of what they believe. Why would you attack them that way? That's fascism. If you're not identifying it properly, that's how it expresses itself in the individual. Iowa proof you're deranged. You think that's okay to say to somebody? It's not, right? This is what I was experiencing yesterday as I started to say what I believed people using these kind of attacks uh, to hurt people and to get them to shut up. I'm not trying to attack you by saying that. I'm doing what I think is necessary in the moment when we need more of, pointing it out so it stops. I know you don't want to be that. Nobody does, right? Please don't do that to other people. Anybody else in here that is doing that to anybody, please stop, right? We can have a conversation, a dialogue, but the attacks, right? Those are things that we need to try to tamper down. You'll get the same back, right? You, matter of fact, if you attack somebody, you deserve the same back, right? You'll get the same type of energy back. Say a little sassy fucking comment, and I guarantee you what you'll get back is a sassy fucking comment. There's plenty of it, right, from both sides. It's endless, this diatribe that we can have. It's unnecessary. It's, it's pointless. As a matter of fact, it doesn't get us anywhere closer to the truth, right? So a lot of passion coming through there. Arrakis, I'm not trying to attack you by saying that. I hope you know that. I send you a lot of love at the same time because I know that's not something you were trying to do. It's something that we impulsively do, compulsively do, something that I do as well. I'm not different than you, right? So, but I think it's important for us to recognize that together and to talk about that. And I will point that out and call it out when I see it in the comments. I make a point to do that, right? Uh, not not to be some kind of a hall monitor, uh, but because I genuinely <clears throat> believe it's a way we demonstrate the process that's necessary moving forward so that we can recognize we are the same and we have that political power that we're thirsty for comes from us recognizing that. The reason that we are in the position we're in is because we're attacking each other, not the proper thing, right? The thing that we need to be vicious towards is untruth people spreading things that are not true, specifically ones they know aren't true. There's a viciousness that deserves. There's a righteous viciousness that deserves. You'll know when you're in front of that kind of thing. And that's exactly what you were built to do in those moments, is say what you fucking see, call it out, right? Michael's here right now for anybody that resonates with that. That's the Michael energy, right? I'm not calling you names, Iowa. I'm describing what you're doing, right? You, those are definitional things. I'm not trying to attack you, to belittle you. That's why I said that, right? If anybody else is doing that too, Iowa, please stop that, right? Or aloha, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if that's uh, how I pronounce it properly. Thank you, Amber. I, I'm not trying to encourage that energy. I'm trying to stop it. I'm being honest about that. <laughs> you can see how confusing this gets because we get so tricked into thinking that what we're doing is okay, that when somebody calls it out, we'll confuse it. Mainly because it's, very, it's a very hard recognition to have that we've done something improper. 
you know, and we've been trained in today's society to not recognize when we're doing something wrong, to only identify when somebody else is doing something wrong. There's a certain type of the side of the political spectrum that encourages that kind of behavior, right? And the reason it's dangerous is because psychologically that leads to a certain type of egotism and narcissism that rots the individual from the inside out, makes them more controllable, which is why it's happening. Make no doubt about it. <laughs> you don't have to believe me. These are things I'm seeing. These are things that are happening in front of me. You could have other things happening in front of you that aren't the same, and I accept that completely, but you can't invalidate what I'm seeing. <laughs> right. Uh, that, that is my truth. It's important to recognize that there's different versions of truth. I'm going to go over this really quick for anybody watching because I don't think this is my typical audience that's sitting here right now, right? Because um, I typically more just spiritual messages. But there's a, a truth from what I can identify exists at, exists at two different levels. The concept isn't properly described, the compl complicated nature in which we experience truth. There's a way in which every experience you've ever had regardless of, of other somebody else's opinion on it, anything you've experienced is true at a certain level, right? It's real. You've experienced that, and that shapes you to a certain degree, nurture or nature question for sure. But there is, most people would say there's a certain amount of your environment that does affect you, right? In the way you perceive it. So that what we usually tend to do is take that Fun, that, that very individualized idea of truth and apply it to the grand definition of truth so that when we go and venture out into the world, what we do is obviously come up against somebody that's had a different life experience. And so when we try to explain our truth to their truth, it clashes. We don't understand why it clashes. There can't be two things that are true at the same time. So we have to attack the other one, right? It's a logical progression we go through, but it's because we've misdefined what truth is. That is one level of it, but there's another level to it. There's an overarching truth it's the kind of truths that you see talked about in the spiritual works throughout history, the laws of nature to a certain degree, the fundamental things. They're things that you can't deny, right? They're the laws that people have figured out through testing over and over and over and over and over and over and over for generations. We figured out it doesn't do very, it's not a good thing to kill people. If you go murder somebody, that produces more chaos in the world. Hence the idea, don't murder people. Right? Try to disprove that, please, I'm not encouraging you to. You'll find yourself at odds with the entire universe. Right? These are fundamental truths. So we confuse these things. What we're trying to do is get to that overarching truth in every scenario. So politically, for example, I have a certain experience and you have a certain experience and those could be two different things and they could produce two opposite political viewpoints. But the important thing, and this is not just a talking point in the way it's been used over the last 10 years, we actually have to have a conversation where you are radically honest with what you are feeling and seeing. You tell that to that person and they give you the same respect back. When you do that, what you'll see is something, not everything, but there's a part of that conversation that overlaps in the way a Venn diagram overlaps. And that highlighted area, that's the overarching truth. How do you know? Because give it to somebody else, see if it works for them. You might find it does. If it doesn't, you know it's not overarching. The only thing that is genuinely true is something that everybody can't deny. You can understand, you can see now why the conversation, the verbiage that's been used over the last decade or so to muddy what truth is, is very intentional. It's designed to control you. 
the difference between facts, you know, and 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 whatever the fuck the conversation's been going on for the last decade, all these different invented terms to differentiate these truths, to even misdefine them more, as if there's certain, you know, uh, secular facts, and then anything that's not secular is not real enough to be de- deemed true in that way. It's just it's it's a misidentification of what's real. Anyway, that being said, right, we have to allow ourselves to have these dialogues so that we can see this overlap, right? I genuinely believe that this is the way the process works and it's very hard to enunciate and describe to people, you know, because it's because of how we're locked into these sides already, right? So I, I mean what I say here, guys, I am not trying, thank you, Brent, I appreciate you. I, I am not trying to attack anybody specifically. I'm not trying to argue for a certain political point. I will tell you what I'm seeing what I believe is true, what I'm, what I'm experiencing is true, I guess is the best way to put it in my life. But that doesn't mean that I have a right to invalidate what you are experiencing, what you are seeing. I, another example of this actually just recently was Vivek. Uh, there was a video that went around, he was doing a speech and I, this was beautiful, it's such a good example and it's so encouraging to see regardless of what political spectrum you end on or land on, somebody demonstrating this process at work. Vivek was giving a speech, a political speech at some forum somewhere, and there's a video of it, and you see this lady come out of the back, start screaming, just screaming, 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 and being very disruptive. So much so that people in the back get up and start to try to silence her. This one man literally puts his hand in her face, starts pushing her away. And Vivek says, stop, 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 stop. Come back here. Bring her back. You want, you deserve to speak. Come back here. And as soon as he does that, she walks up there and she enunciates what she's actually feeling. And what you hear is a completely different version than what she was screaming back there. What she was screaming was this bigotry and you're this and you're that and attacks. As soon as he demonstrated, I'm willing to listen to you, what he got was the truth of her experience. I'm a single mother and I don't have help. You can feel the compassion. It's powerful. It makes you emotional just saying it. You know, I, this is my experience. I'm a single mother. I was raped and I had to carry a baby and I don't have any help. And I, there's nothing out there to fucking help me, right? And you're telling me that I, I don't have the right to, to choose that for myself, to, to choose a life for myself, you know? And I, it was so brilliant to watch the way he responded, even though he didn't agree with her political point. He recognized it and allowed it to be said and heard so that anybody else in that audience or anybody else in the world that's felt that way can know that they are allowed to say that out loud. It should be said, right? That's truth. That's the kind of honesty that we need to listen to and follow, right? It will make you feel this way that I am that I am right now. It'll make you feel overwhelmed with emotion and joy that you can actually see something true again because we have not seen it in so fucking long, right? That kind of truth compassion, humanity, right? It, it's disgusting the way both sides have villainized the other side simply because of the way that they have, the pain that they've experienced. You know, for instance, the one meme that I see over and over in my head after when Trump was elected the first time, you know, you have that one meme of the, the lady, the very typical liberal lady, you know, with the pink hat on, like screaming at the sky. And, you know, the conservative side of things took this and like ran with it and like used it to kind of belittle the political side and and stoke anger the entire time Trump was in office, right? And not just that, but all these other different memes. And then, you know, what do you expect's gonna come the next four years, right? Another version of the same thing, right? Just pointed more at you, 
right? And so it's, it, you know, I can see when you look at that, go watch that video again of that. There's everywhere on the internet of her screaming at the sky. Yeah, it looks irrational, but imagine she's not pretending. She's really experiencing that kind of, ah! Right? That's not a fun feeling. That's not good for anybody. And you have to recognize, regardless of what you think her political, if you think it's right or not, that feeling's fucking true. And you need to have compassion for that. Not make fun of that. Right? That makes you human. If you have, I mean, you make fun of that, wait until you're in the same position. I promise you. I've been the person in the middle of the street screaming. I've been the person in the mental institution. Right? I've been on the other side of those things. It's not a place you want to be. And I promise you, one of the ways you get there is by making fun of people in those places. Right. So that being said, we need to temper ourselves moving forward. You know, I, I, I was I was feeling this this morning with those comments that I was talking about on the post that I made because some of them were very vicious. A couple of them were, were less so, but still very, I could feel the energy coming through and I was debating on how to respond. And the only way I could respond was the, the same energy that was put out to kind of demonstrate this point, right? That you're gonna get back what you, what you, what you put out, right? Like uh, just because you, uh, there's a, and this is an important point to, to, to say as well, because everything I've said up until this point is centered on compassion and that can lead us to believe that we need to be nice things. That's not true, right? You need to be something that says the truth when it's necessary. And that can demand, that can be a very harsh thing. Matter of fact, if you think about the people in your life that are the harshest, you'll recognize that's what they do. They say the thing that nobody wants to say in the moment when it shouldn't be said, right? So there's courage there. You have to be radical, right? About what you believe. And that, just, that demands a certain type of security inside, internal security, knowing that what you say you believe is what you believe and nobody can tell you anything other than that, right? And especially if you get attacked for saying that out loud, you know exactly what time it is. It's time to show them you're not the thing to be fucked with, right? It doesn't make you a dainty thing. The shadow side of you is there for this reason, right? This is a message that was brought in the movie of the Joker, the new one specifically. You do not want to be a wallflower. The world will eat you alive continually. And matter of fact, if you allow yourself to be eaten alive, you'll start to hate yourself so much that you'll become the biggest conception of evil we've ever had, the devil itself. That's what the Joker is, a representation of that, right? The way you become that is not the way people think, not by cultivating viciousness inside and being like, ooh, I wanna be evil. No, it's actually by saying, I wanna be nice and only nice. Go do that in the world, see what it, how it treats you. It'll beat you down and it'll beat you down and it'll beat you down and you'll keep saying, well, I'm being nice. Why is it doing this? It'll make you so angry at the existence of that truth that you'll place yourself as the thing that should destroy it. You see this snapping point in the movie when he's on the subway and the guys are beating him up. One too many punches. It's dangerous, folks, right? Don't pretend you're just a nice thing. Anything that's pretending is just a nice thing. Be very weary of that. It's not. It's the same kind of shadow you are inside. So now you know how much it's lying, right? That's how you know these presidents of the past, a lot of them haven't been true because of that. They're not perfect. What do you think, they're fucking Jesus? 
Right, but yeah, that's how they all run. I think that's specifically why nobody likes Mike Pence right now. Because he walks around pretending like he's some kind of fucking divinely ordained being, right? In a way that kind of puts people off, right? Like he's like he's preachy in a certain way. People don't like that. You're not perfect, buddy. And we can feel that simply because of how much you try to convince us that you're perfect. We're kind of just waiting for the shoe to drop. What did you do? What did you do that made you feel like you needed to pretend to be only nice so badly? Matter of fact, that's a very curious insight, isn't it? The people that are pretending to be the nicest things have something really big to hide. Jesus wasn't a nice thing, guys. Jesus was a true thing. Always. Good, Bren. I'm, it's very encouraging. Thank you. I could tell that this was going to be a powerful live. I, I thank you for all of you being on here. It's also why I didn't schedule it because I, I heard and was told that this is just this might even be a different community that I'm tapping into than I usually do. Like I said, I'm more spiritually oriented on TikTok. So if you're seeing me for the first time, uh, know that you know. F- give me a follow for sure. Check me out. But my content tends to be channeled messages, right? Uh, that's what I do for a living, and so. Um, I think this is a way to kind of introduce some of you to that world a little bit to demonstrate that there's a different level of thinking uh, that we can have that's a little more spiritually based, intuitively based, that is just as true as the logical side of things. It doesn't mean that you turn off your logical, rational mind. It means that we take these two things in consideration together, that that's actually what makes us be able to orient ourselves properly in the world. If you feel unstable in the world, partially why that is, is not because you're not being rational enough or that you're being logical enough. Matter of fact, I bet you it's because you're being too much of that uh, because that's a very unnatural way for the human being, it's robotic. And so it makes you feel incomplete when you act that way. It's because the other side of you is shut off. There's another side of you that just feels things and it kind of knows innately when somebody is being honest. Like I hope you're feeling right now, right? You can feel that inside. That side of you is the side to listen to as well. In tandem with that rational side, you'll notice they align with each other once we respect both sides of them, of it, and it'll guide you. You know, your rational mind will work in tandem with your compassionate side, your intuitive side, and you'll see the world a little bit more clearly. Matter of fact, it'll stop. You'll start to be able to see the beauty in it again, right? Because there's something about only allowing your rational logical mind to operate that kind of kills the magic in the world, and it makes it look like a cold, dark, lonely place. And it's not that innately, but if you only allow yourself to see that or operate in that side of perspe- perception, that's all you'll get. You know, you are the thing that chooses in that way. So you have to decide intuitively, hey, you know, I, I kind of want to listen to this side of myself and prioritize this for a second and see where it takes me, you know, uh, because it makes me feel good and excited. You know, like maybe something could be different. Maybe there is a little magic in the world, you know, maybe those Disney movies weren't wrong the original ones, right? That dreams can come true. And that the way it happens is through us facing our dragons, right? And being the hero that we all know we can be. The biggest misconception and travesty of the new making of all of these Disney movies, the remaking of these is we're deleting those messages while we do that, right? Uh, one of the fundamental messages of, of, and the reason why is because I think they're, what the movies were meant to represent was fundamentally misunderstood because we misclassified ourselves, right? Um, 
if you're watching the old, like take Cinderella or uh, Lion King or uh, the really old ones, you go like Snow White or whatever, you're not supposed to watch those and as if you're one of the characters. That's not how those stories are written. They're archetypal stories. Each one of those individual people, these are mythological stories, essentially, right? They're taken from fairy tales, many of them are. Which, and the way that those those kind of myths are written is through lived experience, just not in the way we, we uh, like to think about in the modern day because we've rationalized everything. It's in a, it's in a more intuitive sense, right? And so uh, through kind of the long-term cycles that human beings go through, the cycles that the tarot cards kind of show, this like similar progression of through life that people tend to go through. <clears throat> and because of that, there's <clears throat> you can recognize archetypal parts of the human experience. And each of those Disney stories, they're all one person. And this just sounds really crazy, but like Cinderella is, is meant to represent you, the whole movie, not just Cinderella, right? You're all of the characters. If you, if you recognize, if you just allow yourself to think that way, next time you watch it, I promise you, you'll recognize this is true. You resonate with all of them. They're just different parts of you, even the evil side, which is why you'll root for the villain sometimes, right? Why do you do that? Because it's part of you too. It's part of your story. You're the villain and the hero, right? It's what's such a travesty about rewriting these stories is it's, it's misunderstood. It's not about whether the, the man was saving the woman or the woman. These are representative of the masculine and feminine aspects of humanity, which is why when you try to swap those roles, it swaps the foundation of everything, right? It's not that men are supposed to save women. It's that the masculine side of things is the thing that saves. The feminine side of things is the thing, is the thing that creates. They're equal. They work together, right? These are aspects of you. They're not external aspects. These are misidentifications. The reason that we're going through all of this trauma in terms of sexuality and identity is because of this fucking with the narrative. It's confusing people so that they have to figure out, well, what part of the story am I? You're all of them. Fuck. Sorry, a lot of energy coming through, but it's very frustrating, right? Because like things like when you see the, the actress the Snow White actress talking about that movie the way she is, it's the most disrespectful, disgusting fucking thing I've ever seen. You have no, you have the ignorance and the stupidity through which you are speaking when you talk about those movies in that kind of shallow way will not be looked well upon in the future. I have pity on you as an individual for doing something that fucking stupid and for a political movement to allow somebody to humiliate themselves on the national stage like that, puppeting a fucking political message, it's going to destroy her life. I don't wish that on her, but I promise you, you just ended a fucking career. It's her responsibility, don't get me wrong. But if you're telling me there wasn't an entire fucking industry behind that, you know, I don't think we're looking at the facts or reality. Absolutely, Cynthia, the divine feminine is coming alive right now. It's because it's been repressed that creative aspect of us, that birthing aspect of us, that compassionate, intuitive side of us, the magic side of us, right? This is why it's not, there's this competition that we've, you'll, you'll notice that between men and women in the world, that is, it doesn't, it's not real. The people that are trying to tell you that men and women are in competition are the problem. They actually believe that. It's because they're traumatized. Right? And it doesn't mean that we villainize them too. We have to figure out a way to reach out to everybody. 
But it is always, it's based on trauma. The reason that many people believe that men are the problem or, or, or any other group of people, a specific group of people, it doesn't just have to be men, right? But any other group, the reason that is is because those people have been traumatized by that group of people in the past. This is always true. There's no doubt about this. Find me one person that would villainize one group of people. I'll find you the history in which that person was villainized by them, right? That's how you become the villain is allowing yourself to be the victim long enough where you actually think you are, then you become the villain because you'll start to act the same way to everybody else, right? And this is happening on the grand stage. I, I really feel like this isn't my place to say because I am a man, but I do believe this is what's happening and has happened in the feminist movement over time, right? It's a certain irrational way that the, uh, the movement's trying to villainize half of humanity, which will never end well, right? Which is why there's so much criticism that comes back against, backlash against feminism and always will be because it's very unbalanced and it's based out of a trauma view mind, uh, uh, viewpoint that it's just because these people weren't helped properly. This, wasn't ex this trauma process, this awakening process wasn't explained to these individuals and before they were able to heal, they had a political message that came and latched them, on, latched onto them and, mote and, and, and zealified them, made them into little warriors, right? Based on their passion that was misplaced. This is the best description I, can, I have of what's going on right now in a lot of the liberal movement, unfortunately. Again, this is not an attack of the ideology, like of some of the fundamental principles, because I am classically liberal. It's just what's happening right now is in no way moored to those principles it, at all. Like there's, there's no, like I, this is, which is why I said the fascist message earlier. It's a definitional issue. The best way I can describe the political movement that is in power right now is fascist. But I'm not trying to, attack somebody by saying that. That's definitionally what they're doing. While they say they're moving liberally, classically, that is not true. You're not allowing people to speak their mind. That's the definition, right? You're trying to control that. You're trying to censor people. That's the definition of fascism. So, and I don't, and I think why this is a hard recognition to have is because the people that are within, make up this movement genuinely are a part of it because of the overt label of it. They want to be on the good side. They want to be a part of what's right. And, and so they're trying to do that genuinely. But when you look externally for that message, what you'll, what will happen is you'll get manipulated and gaslit like is happening into being a little fucking zealot, a little warrior to go and fight for somebody else. And all the while, you'll, you'll, you'll notice yourself degrade. This is the, the key thing you'll watch. You'll know this is true if this is happening to you because you will be degrading slowly over time. Your life will get worse. You'll isolate yourself. You'll notice that maybe your family members don't agree with you, so fuck them, right? You'll, you'll, you'll go and, and get yourself all the way into a hole where the only thing you can rely on is that ideology and that political message, right? That's when you're owned then, right? Because at that point, if you're that far gone, trying to get anything back, that you have to rebuild an entire life now, right? And that's a lot of work, and, and most people aren't willing to do that. So, which is partially why I bring the message: don't get to that point. You know, you don't have to. I, I, I've gotten close in different ways. You know, I when I was so radically liberal early on in my life, I, I almost lost my relationship with my both my parents, but my dad specifically. It's taken years to repair over Trump. Our argument was over Trump, right? I thought he was, I thought he was horrible, a horrible person for even thinking about voting for somebody like that. Me, right? The same person saying all these things. That's why I'm saying them. 
right? Because I did it. <laughs> I, I lived it. I did it. I saw and felt what, it, what happens. And I don't want anybody else to experience that. That doesn't mean that's exactly what's going to happen for you. I can never, you know, predict what would happen for you, right? That'd be audacious for me to say, but I can tell you what happened for me and, and hope that that helps you in some way. Uh, avoid some of the pitfalls that I had because I genuinely don't want anybody to lose their family like that or, or any other kind of loss. It's not, especially for a fucking political message, that isn't true. It's a travesty. Right. So, that's the majority of the message. <laughs> that was a lot. I wasn't really expecting it today, but we'll see what we have here for comments. I hope you guys are, I'm glad a lot of you guys are resonating with this. Thank you. Absolutely, Hearth. Matter of fact, as you say that I'm watching the recording, I am recording it. And this was the first episode I figured out how to do that at the same time. So very intuitively, uh, I was, you're picking up something there. Good job, Hearth. <laughs> That's dope. Uh, Cynthia, masculine energy has been toxic because it needs the feminine. One doesn't work without the other. Absolutely, Cynthia. Very well put. And that's you can see in that statement why villainizing just the masculine external thing, side of things completely misdefines what it is and causes an issue, right? Because the reason the masculine is being toxic is because it is disconnected from the feminine. But if you villainize the mas masculine, it's not going to become more feminine, more compassionate. It's going to become more toxic, <laughs> right? In the way it already is. So it, 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 the, the approach, at the very least is nonsensical. doesn't make any sense why you did approach things that way unless you were just motivated out of some kind of revenge. Sick justice, which is I do think, like it was why I speak of trauma. I think that's where a lot of this is motivated. Any, it's not just the feminist movement. It's attached itself to any other victimhood movement. So and this is why it's so disgusting, I believe, is because these people are not wrong. Any of these people that have been victimized, truly, they're not wrong for fucking being victimized. What's wrong is there being a political message that uses that to gain popularity. That's fucked up. These people need help. They deserve the truth. They deserve healing. They deserve to be told that going out and, and, and identifying or villainizing an entire group of people in the world is not going to make you feel better. Matter of fact, it's going to make you into the villain you hated. As you do it, you'll be doing the exact same thing that you hated. They're not being told that. You know, so that's a, that's a, that's a, their, their choice is being stolen from them. And, and that's a, that's a travesty. Uh, Ashley Ann says, I lashed out at a person because I was devastated. That wasn't me. I felt bad afterwards. Absolutely. Thank you for having the courage to say that, Ashley. That's because it's, we, this is an experience we all feel, right? We all feel I've had that exact same experience many times. Matter of fact, that was partially what I was experiencing this morning when I was trying to figure out how to deal with those comments that I was talking about. The side of me that wants to lash out like that. I had to like literally delete, you know, I have, you, these are, this is a conscious process you have to go through because it's a part of us, that shadow side. It wants, when somebody lashes out and attacks you, it wants to make them fucking feel what you feel, right? No. We control that. When we say we do, when we tell ourselves we're just good things, that thing gets to run amok. 
and do whatever the fuck it wants because we're not recognizing it's real, <laughs> right? When we, when we say the villains are out there, this is also why it's so dangerous that that victim mentality to be encouraged is because when we tell people that all of, the all of the evil people are out there, we fail to look at us and we allow ourselves to develop and devolve the exact same thing. The devil is a trickster, right? This is why that term exists. And the devil is not an external thing and it lives inside of you. It's the reason why in the cartoons you see the devil and the angel on the shoulder. You may have wondered why there was like a, you know, besides the point, it's both sides of you. You have the con your conscience is usually how the good one is referred to, but then you have this other side that people usually just like, what, that's just some external thing that landed on your shoulder? No, it's the evil side of you. It's the side of you that wants all the bad shit to happen, right? But it, it's, it feels like in modern day, what we did is said something like, I'm just this side, you know, and this side, it exists because of them. <laughs> right? That's not true, you know, and, and you can, if you test that, you'll ruin your life. So don't test that. But it will bring you full circle, not permanently. Nobody's life is ruined permanently for a decision they make. It just takes you on a certain cycle, downward spiral that goes all the way to the bottom before it goes to the top, and that's not fun. You know what I mean? Mm. Cynthia says, whenever you're dealing with fear, it's your it, it's in your mind. It's telling you to go to your heart. Yeah. I love that, Cynthia, that's really well put, yeah. Fear is a limiter, right? Uh, it's it's there as a protector initially, right? It's a, it's a system that runs inside of us that tells us to protect ourselves, to identify anything that isn't known or is unknown or unidentified, it, you know, it, that's a threat, that's a risk because we don't know if it could hurt us. So we automatically, if we don't know something, kind of have a fear response to it naturally, but that's why we have to watch and consider what Cynthia just said there because that fear response will restrict us in actually uh, achieving or following truth, going after truth, right? Uh, one of the things that um, you'll notice in kind of that traditional mythological story, you know, this, this story of the knight fighting the dragon, trying, going and trying to get the gold, this is a message that Jordan Peterson talks about, is the reason it's there, you know, all so consistently is because that's the fundamental process we are doing every day is fighting that dragon, that fear dragon. It's blocking us from the gold that we're looking for, right? It's blo blocking us from the riches we want. So whatever, you know, people often ask, like, what am I supposed to do next, right? What's my next step? It's always there. You just don't want to see it. The answer is, it's always what you're afraid of, always. Ask yourself what you're the most afraid of, and I promise you the next step is hiding behind there once you f figure out how to resolve that fear. Right? And you can almost see that innately. You know, when you when you say it out loud, you, when you try to find that fear, it'll immediately show you what it's blocking. But before you try to look for it, you won't even see it. All you'll see is the fear. It's a very tricky process. Absolutely, heart and soul. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. And for everybody else for being here, especially anybody, like I said, that uh, for Loha, thank you for being here too. You know, genuinely, I know that the conversation wasn't the funnest there in the middle, but um, I hope it, at least some of it resonated for you, right? Because uh, I, I genuinely, this is my truth, you know, and I, I, I don't know what else, there's nothing else I could say that would be more true than what I've shared with you right now, right? 
And I hope you I hope you know that because it doesn't mean that it is the truth, like I explained earlier. But what do you see is true? And is there anything that overlaps? Because that's 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 the truth. Right? Uh yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. And, and I send you all a lot of love. Uh, this was, like I said, this is an odd one. I don't even know how long I've been on, but maybe, oh, about an hour, hour and 10 minutes. Um, I'm probably going to call it. I, I wasn't intending to go on here, but I felt very compelled to come on here and start to talk about some of these issues, the more political issues, to f- kind of figure out how I'm going to wade through this mess <laughs> as we get into the more politically charged se- season, because uh, the conversations, the comment section is going to get fucking wild as we get closer to the election season, as the uh, the weapons, these weapons we've developed to try to motivate people, to mobilize people, you know, those are going to become more active. So I felt like it was necessary to have a live where I figured out how to talk about that without losing track of myself in the process. <laughs> so mission accomplished. Uh, yeah, But not as like a... a it's not a bad thing. This is a this is an awakening that's happening right now. It's just going to be crazy, chaotic. Chaos isn't bad. Chaos is change, right? When you think about the apocalypse, the term apocalypse, I think that's more of what it's meant to represent. Times of massive change where the world itself is reborn. Uh, and that's that requires a certain type of burning away of the deadwood, wildfire of sorts, which is partially why I do think that you're seeing so much of that go on around the world. There's also a much deeper reason for that. If any of you are curious or would like more of this kind of content, check out my podcast, The Unfounded Podcast. Uh, The earlier episodes, probably the first 90 or so, uh, are pretty heavily spiritually oriented. It essentially was a journal for a large part of the time while I went through the awakening process. So if you are going through the awakening process and you want somebody to go through that, I would recommend checking out those earlier episodes. The more recent ones, uh, I'll have um, this posted. Uh, again, here probably in about three weeks because I got two episodes before that. But live channel messages like this are going to be posted uh, once a week on the podcast. And then also the other side of the week, I think I have it on Wednesdays and Saturdays, uh, I'm posting a traditional episode of the podcast, which is much more research-based. Uh, it's much more grounded in like the logical and rational side. Uh, that doesn't mean that it doesn't get a little more spiritual at times. But uh, I try to present, give you two kind of options in terms of podcast episodes. So if you're feeling a little bit more uh, like you want to be in a grounded energy, you can go you know, check out the, um, well, I guess, whatever you need. If you want to be more grounded, probably go to the spiritual one, not the rational one, because the rational one is all like conspiratorial shit and stuff. So it'd probably make you feel a little less grounded. But anyway, if you're interested, uh, check it out. The Unfounded Podcast, all major platforms, specifically if you want the video version of the podcast, uh, check it out on Spotify. Alrighty. And uh, I will be back on soon. I don't like to schedule my lives because I find that um, you may notice this is the last little message before I take off, guys. Uh, These messages, you know, if they're for you, they're for you. You'll know if they're for you. If it's in front of you, it's for you kind of a thing, right? That's how all intuitive messages work. Uh, That being said, that's partially why I don't like to schedule things ahead of time too much because I don't necessarily want you constantly looking for when I'm going to be on, right? Uh, I'd rather have this pop up in front of you when you're supposed to see it, you know, Um, when when it's the message for you. 
uh, allow it to unfold organically. So that being said, moving forward, uh, the lives are going to kind of be organic like that. So if you see me on here, stop in, say hi. It's probably for you if you see me. If you don't see me on here, then just take it as a sign. There's no message right now. Right. So uh, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable process not having it completely scheduled out like that. But I'm guided to do that right now because I think that's how it works. You know, we don't plan it out. Uh, so anyway, that's what I have, guys. I uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for the gifts. Those of you that gifted, thank you very much. And uh, I'll be back on here soon. Check for the next post of the Intuitive series. I think it's coming today, actually. So uh, I'll see you soon. Lots of love. Absolutely, Brad. No worries.